The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. made a video that made more views on YouTube than your whole channel. <laughs> That's facts. I'm not cutting that out either. That's 83,000 views and nobody's going to know what video it is. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, it is Thursday, December 7th at 7:52. Unfortunately, I was 22 minutes late, not very punctual. We are here to talk about army versus navy. It is Billy Ray Mitchell, it is Ed Williams, and it is guitar player, cat dad, homeowner, Naval Academy graduate, and Marine pilot in training, my brother, Jackson Lee Mitchell, and one of his many cats. Jackson, how are you doing, my friend? Welcome to the Sons of Saturday. Hello? Can you hear me now? Sorry, damn Mary took the plug out of my headphones. <laughs> well, I just gave you a great intro. Jackson, welcome. First time on the pod. You've been, Happy to be you've here. been talking about this for a long time. How are you feeling? Feeling great. I'm excited. I'm ready to bring the juice. I uh, We talked earlier. This is going to be a three and a half hour podcast. Hope your fans yeah. are ready for it. I'm ready for it. I don't know if they are. I don't know if you are. I don't Shut know if I am mouth. either. I know that we were we've all... Minutes late. We've all We've all uh, indulged in some alcoholic beverages cheers, for the folks. podcast today. Well, wait, we got a t- first cheers. That's right. Shout out to our guy, Pete B. He, uh, he coined this. So let's go around the room, see what everybody's drinking. I am drinking Goose Island Neon Bear Hug. 1,000 volts of flavor. That is, that is what I'm sipping on. Ed, you are on mute. Tough start. Tough start. Dude, I feel like I've been here before. I am having a little bit of Green River whiskey for now. We'll see what I switch to it during this three-hour episode that Jackson is talking about. But Jax, what you got? I'm having a little Stranahan's Blue Peak single malt straight out of Colorado from 200 South Calamath Street, Colorado, or Denver, Colorado, 30223. There we go. There we go. So if you guys want to drive over there and pick that up, go for it. Uh, no Pat today. Pat is driving to Richmond with our guy, Jay Litt. Shout out to Jay Litt. Uh, and we're going to talk about a plethora of stuff. He did submit a haiku, Jackson, so we do hokey haikus. Do you know what haikus are? No. Okay. A haiku is a poem. Three stanzas. Five. What are these called? They're called syllables? Uh, what? Syllables. syllables. Five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. So his haiku army navy game blue angels versus the camo who is gonna win 
And that brings us to our first topic of the night. The 123rd Army-Navy game. Army trails Navy 62-54 to all-time with seven ties. Navy had a four. This is a fun fact. Navy had a 14-game winning streak that largely mirrored Virginia Tech's winning streak over UVA. Navy defeated Army every damn year from 2002 to 2015. Virginia Tech beat UVA every damn year, 2004 to 2018. So a 15 and a 14 game win streak. Might want to call it dominant. Seems pretty dominant. That's what it is. The last five games have seen a different winner. The location is very near and very dear to my heart. It is in Boston. It's actually in Foxborough, but near Boston in the Patriots Stadium. It's going to be 49 degrees and cloudy. Fired up about it. So, Jax, I think the best place to start is we used to get in arguments all the time. Ah, Yankees, Red Sox, Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, Auburn. What is your case for Army-Navy being the best rivalry in sports? Well, I believe Army-Navy represents a whole lot more than most other college. Let's speak college rivalries. And, you know, we'll start at ground, you know, level one. In college football, I think, at least historically, the stakes for a high school kid to decide to go. Now, I'm taking myself out of this because, full disclosure, I went to Navy. I didn't know I wanted to be in the military until I got there. I went there because it was a good school opportunity and it was a good football opportunity. That's all I was thinking about when I was a two, three student in high school, getting ready to go to the prep school for Navy. I was also a prep school guy, which means I was not an academic stud. But in order to make it through one of the service academies, specifically Army and Navy in this instance, it takes, you know, to play, it takes, you got to be a good football player in order to play at one of those schools. That's step one in order to play for Army Navy. But for every student who goes there, it's, it's freaking hard um, for most people who go to Navy or West Point who aren't the athletic scholarship guys who aren't the recruited football players for them to make the commitment to decide to go there. It takes a whole lot. It takes a lot of sacrifice and it takes sacrifice. Not only when you decide to go there, but every single year you're there, it takes sacrifice. So it means a whole lot to the student base. Um, recently, the, n- neither of the teams have been let, – let's, let's be honest. Neither of the teams have been awesome. I think the last great year was 20 – let's see, 2019, pre-COVID. That was the last year I can remember where Army-Navy was as good as it's going to get. We played in Philly. It was Malcolm Perry, and we were playing West Point. Um, I guess when I think of a college rivalry, I think of history, meaning how many years has it been around? Army Navy's been around forever. Ever since college football was a thing, Army Navy's been a thing. I think of the how much it means to the student base at each school. I know at Navy, you know, the Army Navy game is a big deal, not just on the football field. If Navy wins, 
great things happen at school. If Navy loses, they don't happen. Great things what, happen at West Point. What what great things happen at school? So, oftentimes the Army Navy game, the result of it, if we win, there's a thing at the service academies where the underclassmen are encouraged to make bets with the upperclassmen and the senior leadership at school. Where if these bets are made, they're required to honor. They're not signed or anything. And I know of bets that a freshman, they call them plebes at Navy, a, a plebe made a bet with the commandant, basically saying if Army loses this game, if Navy beats them by X amount of points, then you're required to give us extra liberty or you're required to give us this. And we did it. And that, you know, that directly impacted our lives mm. as students. It meant a lot. Um, now I think about, I don't really know how much it means to the, the broad army branch of the military and the Navy branch of the military. I don't know. Cause I haven't, again, full disclosure, I haven't made it there yet in my career, but my understanding is to the people who appreciate football and appreciate the military, it means the world. And I don't know. I, I don't know if it's better than, I don't know if it's better than Alabama, Auburn or Michigan, Ohio state. I don't know. I know it's my favorite and I'll die on that hill. And I think it means, it means a lot, you know, there's certain things that go on at the army Navy game that don't go on at other schools. There's not many other, there's not many other games that will have parents in the stadium and parents watching on TV crying their eyeballs out watching, you know, army Navy is one of those games that where parents watch it. They may not have anybody in the military. They may not know anybody in the military, but they love their country and army Navy to the people watching at home who love football. Army Navy is a representation of the military for the fans at home. So it means a, it means the world to them. And it's an honor for everybody who ever played in it. I, I've never, again, I was a practice squad guy. I practiced at Navy. I didn't play football there. I practiced. But it was an honor to practice and prepare the guys who I was an offensive scout guy. It was an honor to prepare the defense to go play Army that year and every other year that I played. And it's an honor to us, the fans. I hope that we make the fans proud. Um, I don't think I've ever seen my dad cry like he cried at an Army-Navy intro on TV or my mom. So I know it means a lot to them. And, I, frankly, I've never seen them cry at a college football game ever. And my dad played college football. He loves college football. But – Something about that game brings certain emotions out of people that other games don't. I'll tell you, as an observer, I've been I've watched it every single year, every single year. And the pageantry of that football game, I got to go to the Philadelphia game. Um, no other games on flyovers, national anthem, the video that CBS does before they absolutely do it right. And then the stakes that both teams are playing for with the understanding that most if not all of the guys aren't going to play it down in football on Sunday, but they are going to go serve their country after it. It is, it is tremendous. The uniforms are awesome. Pageantry is awesome. I got a coworker who's going to the game this week in Boston. He said it's been on his bucket list forever. No ties to army, no ties to Navy. He's super excited to go. 
Ed, excuse me, got a bunch of burps. Ed, what is your opinion on the Army Navy game? I mean, it's honestly not like something that I was super, um, I guess, paying attention to for most of my sports fandom. I always thought it was a cool, like a cool thing, but never really, I guess, fully understood it until honestly watching it with Jackson last year uh, at that brewery we were all at for a way too long. Um, but I, I really enjoyed seeing like Jackson get into it and seeing truly like, like he just talked about how much it meant to him and all his teammates and, and everybody that went to both schools. So uh, it's a pretty cool thing. I mean, it, it, if you like scoring, if you're a West coast football fan, you're going to hate this game, but, uh, it is, it is a unique, unique thing, both in terms of the style of play and the, uh, the event itself. Cause it's really an event more than it is a football game in some ways too. So. Jax, tell me a little bit about what goes on on campus uh, during this game. I know that we saw the Navy is running the football up to Foxborough. Um, I know they had – you mentioned – I don't remember if this had to do with the Army-Navy game, but a prank, like Army will prank Navy. Like, tell me about some of the stuff that goes on that isn't talked about very much about the Army-Navy game. Okay, so everybody knows about the ball run. That's very highly publicized. Uh, it's 13th company. So it, the Naval Academy is divided into 30 companies as of now. It's changed. That number's changed over the history of the Naval Academy. But right now it's 30 companies. 13th company is the one that's historically ran the ball from the Naval Academy to the game. They, they're the freshmen and whoever else wants to go gets together and they take a football. No matter the where ball, the game is? Then they run the ball there. No matter where the game is. No Isn't the game, game always East Coast, or is it? When was the last time? Played in San Diego once. They played in San Diego, and I think they did oh. a ball run then. I could be wrong. Uh, I didn't do my history research on the thirteenth company ball run, but my understanding is they've ran the ball to every game. Anyway, going back, so everybody knows about the ball run. Something that I don't think a lot of people know about that is, I didn't partake. But uh, everybody else who didn't play football at the time because they didn't practice, they partook in this. Every time we play Army or Air Force, the week prior is an opportunity for the students of the Naval Academy to sort of have a little fun. <laughs> it is – well, never mind. I'm not going to go there. But it's an opportunity for everybody to have a little fun. So mm. – I remember Sunday night prior to the game, there would be an announcement over the loudspeaker. Everybody lives in one dorm at Navy. I don't know how it is at West Point, but at Navy, everybody lives in one big dorm building. It's called Bancroft Hall. People may know that. They may not. But all 4,400 of us live there. There's a big announcement that says Army Week has now commenced. And then they say it's essentially a purge call. If anybody's seen the purge, they'll get it. Oh, my God. But if anybody's seen The Purge, they'll get it. And uh, come on now. What the hell are you doing? Sorry. Cats. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if anybody's seen The Purge, they'll get it. Okay? They make a call. And essentially, for that whole week, it's fair game. Yeah. The, the, the rules that exist are often bent during that week. So that Monday morning is an interesting sight. Essentially, people can play pranks. They can, they can uh, do whatever their mind 
allows them to do, they'll do well, can it. Can you tell me what that means? I mean, I okay. used to prank my friends all the time. Like, come on. Okay, dude, so I remember Monday morning I woke up and uh, every senior's mattress was in the hallway. Uh, and they were all covered in mustard <clears throat> Monday morning. Uh, I remember Tuesday morning one year, uh, there were a couple trucks parked on the practice field. And then we came to found out that they were all the uh, the student leadership's trucks, which means freshmen went and broke into their rooms while they were sleeping, took the keys and took their trucks and moved them to somewhere. And uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Damn, Eddie. Ah, sorry, I got cats and uh, they're little maniacs. But uh, that happened, and it was it was funny. Uh, what else? The bets, like I said, uh, people will make bets with senior leadership about the Army Navy volleyball game and mm-hmm. every other game that happens. Um, it's just an overall; it's a good time. The lunches and the dinners that everybody's required to eat lunch together. Obviously, the football team they eat in a separate spot because they need a little bit more food. I know mm-hmm. my big ass was eating a whole lot more chicken cordon blues than the dudes on the water polo team right so they need we ate in a separate spot but uh the the chow hall is a fun place to be around that time just because there's a whole lot of hell raising going on um it's just a good it's a good time it you know everybody they find their way to enjoy it mm-hmm. and it, I mean, it's, uh, one, it's one. It's one of the few things about going to school at a service academy that's different than going to school at a normal school. That makes it, in my opinion, I had fun there. I had a great time at Navy. I enjoyed my time. I'm happy I went there. I would do it ten times over. It's one of the things that makes you. I don't know if it makes you proud to go there because a lot of dumb shit happens. Excuse mm-hmm. my language. A lot of dumb stuff happens, but it's sort of. It gives you a smile as you yeah. walk into class to go fail a physics quiz. It's something to smile about. <laughs> I will. I will add. Uh, it looks like this year to Boston is the longest run. Yeah, um, I was doing. I was. I was checking. I was about. To, I don't know if we're looking at the same article. Yeah. So they've done it every year since 1980, 1980, 1980. In the 80s, uh, and they did yeah. not. They did not go to Pasadena. In 1983, which is understandable. Can't blame them for not running to Pasadena. I mean, but... You got to run through the Rockies at that point. Yes. So yes, this year is 450 miles, uh, and it apparently is the longest one. There's a couple That's stops in New Jersey. There you go. God damn, man. So, thoughts on the game. Currently, the line sits at Army minus three. The over-under is set at an astonishing 27 and a half points. It's like an Iowa that, game. That, yeah, exactly. That's right. That's right. So, Jackson, what is your score prediction? I don't have one. I think both teams are going to go okay. out there and play as hard as possible. Um, that's all you can ask. I I think it'd be crazy to make a score prediction. Okay, we but that's played. what we that's what we do. Okay. That, that is, well, we played crazy. we played West Point, and we it was 2019. Malcolm Perry's last year, and it was 37 something to I think seven. Um. I hope that it's a hundred nothing Navy. I'll go with right. that. That'll be my score prediction. One hundred nothing Navy. That is your score prediction. I'm gonna go with like 
I'm going to go 16. I'll go 16, 17. If we're going to go, if we're going to go real scores, I'll go 24, 21 Navy. Okay. I'll go 16, 17 Navy. Ed. I am plugging this into one of those uh, sports AI things. Give me two Actually, seconds. Actually, scratch that. Curious. I'll go. I'll go fourteen ten, Navy. Fourteen ten. So, so Billy, you said sixteen seventeen. So you have a slight under on this game total. I do. I do. Uh, Army Navy, according to this AI generated thing, says that Army's going to win by six point two points. I don't like that. That's I'm going to go Navy to cover yeah, the three. Real. Artificial intelligence. Um, knows that. It's artificial. So before, <laughs> before we move on to uh, some of our more fun questions, we had a question from PDF commentator. He oh, asked, he asks. That's what I was going to say. He asks: Army changed their offensive strategy due to NCAA banning cuts outside the tackle box. Do you think these changes? Shotgun zone schemes are sustainable for the service academies. Army has struggled thus far, but I believe they're playing the long game here. What do you think? Do you think that the elimination of basically the triple option as you knew it is sustainable? So I believe the cut block and the triple option offense are two different things. I, th- I, be- I think of the when you brought up that comparison. I believe a cut block is a 13 millimeter wrench in a mechanics toolbox. The mechanic is the triple option. The cut block is the wrench. Okay. You can run the triple option without the cut block. Now it makes it a little harder. There's a lot of nuts and bolts that are 13 millimeters. Okay. But you got to find a way. You got to find a way. I think. The one thing that has hurt Navy, Army, Air Force, and a lot of other small schools, not saying that we're small schools, but a lot of other sort of, we'll go power six schools, Mm. okay? I think the NIL has killed a lot of these schools and made it very hard for them to compete. Now, I know, speaking for the service academies in particular, they are not allowed to use or have any benefit from NIL. To be fair, I don't think that it would be good for a kid to be choosing to go to Army I agree. or Air Force for I agree. monetary reasons. I don't so, think yeah. personal opinion, this is Jackson Lee Mitchell's opinion. I don't think the NIL is a good thing for college football as a whole. Now we'll get past that because I understand that Virginia Tech is a great beneficiary of the NIL. I understand that. In today's climate, certain schools, it's a good thing. Now for Navy, I believe it hurt us because mm-hmm. it's it made it oh, it made our coaches jobs a whole lot harder to recruit now you gotta you know you, you gotta find a guy like I, for me i went to navy because it was a good school and good football opportunity right that's why i went there that's not the reason i stayed there two different things and that's sort of what i was getting at earlier is that the people who stay there that Whatever Navy, Army, Marine Corps, Air Force, the the broad branches, whatever their rooting ideal is, it works. Because mm-hmm. over the course of time, people either fail out, they decide this isn't for me, or they decide that 
this is something I want to do. This is a career path I want to do. Now, in today's world, when you're trying to recruit football players and you want to have a good football team, that's a lot harder for a service academy that can't do that than a normal college that can do that. Mm-hmm. Whether that's a good or bad thing, it's a bad. I, I think it's probably a bad thing for the football team, but it's a great thing for the Navy, Marine Corps, Air Force, Army. I think it's it's probably not a good or bad thing, frankly, for them. But um, that's one side of the coin. Uh, another side of the coin is it seems to me that Air Force, Army, Navy, we'll take Air Force out of it. They're doing great. Whatever they're doing is working. All right. But Army and Navy, it seems like we sort of went away from what we – the typical model of what we're looking for in college athletes from high school, i.e. recruits. Um, I remember, you know, we didn't use – Navy didn't used to recruit the – they didn't try to get the 6'6", 320-pound pro-style guy, right? They were looking for – a little bit 5'11", 180 dude. with a whole lot of grit. No, so the, the 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 best football player I've ever met in my life, his name was Ford Higgins. He he played his senior year. He was a captain. He was the captain of captains at Navy, which means it's a big deal for the service academies. He's He is the representative for all varsity sports that semester. Ford Higgins. He was our center. Great, yeah, he was man. about 6'2". <sighs> He he uh on the sheets he was about 250. In person he was about 230. But he was how 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 the young kids say he's got that dog in him. Mm-hmm. He had that dog in him. He was the hardest hardest dude I ever met. One of the best just not football players, but if I had to pick somebody to be you know every coach now is doing the foxhole test, right? There's few other people who I'd pick to be in a foxhole with besides Ford Higgins. Ford Higgins will run through a brick wall for you, and then five more. Ford Higgins, he's now an infantry platoon commander, I believe, with 3-5 out in Pendleton. Um, he was the man. But he he wouldn't have even been looked at today. Now, that's just, I guess, his recruiting priorities. You want to get bigger guys? You want to get you know, taller, lengthier guys to do that pass pro? You don't need that for the triple option. You mm-hmm. just need somebody who's going to say, you know, F that, I'm going to go run through somebody's face, and then I'm going to get up and do it again. He might pop me, but I'm going to get him next play. Mm-hmm. And he he represented that to me. It, I remember he was a he was a junior when I was a freshman. Every freshman on the team looked up to him. Even the, even the cornerbacks look up to him. I don't know if we've been getting those guys. I've sort of been separated from the program. I coached I coached the prep school last year. I know we have some of those guys in the prep school. I know for a fact because I've seen them and I got to coach them for a whole year. Um, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, I think I think the cup lockings, it's a, it's a minor thing. Yes, it makes things a little bit more difficult for the coach. But the coach, that, you know, that's why they pay the coaches the big bucks, right? It's their yeah. job to figure that out. It's our job. It's a player's job to go and do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes you just need a player who's going to say, I don't care. I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do, coach. I'm going to do it as hard as possible. And we'll see what happens. So let's talk a little bit about your career um, following the Naval Academy. 
one of the absolute joys of my life. I'm in the midst of my cross country bill shenanigans, right? And then that comes, that comes to well, you well, never stopped. I was you in, I, I was in the, I, I was in the thralls of it. I was, I was in, a, I was living in a new zip code. I was living in a new time zone every three months. Jackson comes out to visit California. I come back. I'm like, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm going to do. So Jax, he gets the opportunity to flight schools back. Well, first of all, let's start here. You graduated from the Naval Academy. I want you to tell me how you ended up as a Marine pilot. Yeah, the story story has to be told. This is one of the coolest stories I've ever heard in my life. So this story has to be told. So I'm not a Marine pilot yet. I don't have wings. Okay. You are a Marine pilot in training. How did you end up in training for a Marine pilot? Okay. So you want me to tell like how, how far back you want me to go? I want, look, tell them how the selection process works. Tell them how the selection went, tell them what happened. And then tell, you know, tell Uh, I want to give the, so we're not making words here. We're 28 minutes in. We only just previewed army. So, I mean, let's go. So I went to the NAPS, which is called the preps Naval Academy prep school. MAPS has one. It's called Military Academy Prep School. And then there's AFAPS, Air Force Academy Prep School. I went to NAPS. It's called uh, AFAPS. That's what it's called, AFAPS. That's an assumption I made. I figured oh. that's probably what it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, So I went to NAPS. And um, before that, I, again, I never – I don't know if I had intentions to go in the military, but I always thought it would be something that would be you know, cool to do. Uh that's really all I thought about it because I was a kid. Only things I thought about what was cool, right? There was a uh, Billy Ray. We'll know who lived down the street. We had a guy who lived down the street. He got uh, he didn't make it back. He was in a uh, was in I think it was three twelve artillery guy got blown up in a truck. So I always knew if I was going to go to the military, it was going to be the Marine Corps. Okay, so that was you know elementary school through. Senior year of high school, okay? Chris Herbeck, Sergeant Chris Herbeck, okay? Uh, so I went to the Naval Academy Prep School, and one thing about the Navy's, Naval Academy is they do a very good job at trying to get you to go to the Navy. They want to commission surface warfare officers in the fleet who are going to drive boats or fly planes off of aircraft carriers, um, all of which is great. That's a great thing. And the people who decide to do that, good on that. Because it's a hard-ass job. Being a surface warfare officer is hard. Those underways suck. Um, but when I was at the prep school, they convinced me. They took me to a battleship, which we don't even have anymore. And I was like, this is so cool. I want to be on a battleship someday. Cool. I'm going to do this. Anyway, got snapped, snapped out of it and uh, decided I want to come back or – you know, I want to go be a Marine Corps officer. And uh, that's really all I thought about it. I thought Cobras were cool, which is one of the attack helicopters that we have. I thought they were cool. This was when I was 17, 18 years old. Time goes on. I get to the Navy when I'm a freshman. I decide I want to be a Marine Corps pilot. Um, over, the, over the course of your three years, I'll say three years, freshman, junior, sophomore year, that's when you decide what you want to do. You want to figure out what you want to do out of one of the service academies once you commission. Um, for Army, they have specific jobs in the Army that you can go do. You can go be a pilot in the Army, go fly Blackhawks or Apaches. You can be an artillery guy. You can be an infantry guy. You can be a special warfare guy for the Army. 
I know for Navy, you could be a surface warfare guy, you could be a sub submarine guy. Um, shout out to the uniform submarines, cool. Um, you could be a Navy pilot, you could be a uh, nuclear, you could be a nuclear surface warfare officer, which means you're in charge of a nuclear powered ship. You could be a Navy pilot. I think I said that earlier. Uh, you could be a SEAL. You could be an explosive ordnance guy. Marine Corps pilot, Marine Corps ground, Marine Corps cyber, which is a new one, which is what smart people do because they get paid. But um, anyway, over the course of the three years, that's your time to figure out what you want to do. Um, I had a, I had many great teachers over that time. I, math teachers, physics teachers here and there. Frankly, all of them were great. But the ones that stuck out to me were the Marine Corps guys. They were the ones who were able to level with you. They were the ones who would tell you you're jacked up when you're jacked up. And they, would, they were the ones to tell you to figure, you know, to pull your head out of your ass in simple terms. So I really appreciated that about the Marine Corps. And then I figured out that I want to be a Marine pilot because Cobras were still cool. <laughs> it's a helicopter with many guns on it. And that's something I wanted to do. And then uh, the summer going into the senior year, that's when we had the opportunity to put in our service. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Service selection. You basically put, you basically. No, not service selection. Because the, the, the word means something here. Service preference. Service preference. Keyword preference. Uh, so I put in my service preferences, Marine Corps Air, Marine Corps Ground, and then everything else. All I wanted to be was Marine Corps. Uh, I think about Marine Air, Marine Ground, Cyber, and then everything else. I think alph alphabetically down that. But uh, uh, November rolls around. It was November 16th was our service assignment day. That's the day that the military decided what you're going to do. They looked at your preferences, looked at the needs of the Navy and the Marine Corps, and they said, uh, these look good. And then they assigned us there. They, uh, I got assigned Marine Corps ground, which I was fired up that night. I was so fired up because I got to be a Marine Corps ground guy. Uh, and then, you know, three, the next week, the curiosity bug started biting me. And I was like, oh, I wonder why I didn't get the Marine Corps pilot deal. And I, I sent an email out that night to the guy who was, uh, the guy who was in charge, uh, he was a lieutenant colonel at the time. So that probably wasn't, you know, probably not the brightest move, but it ended up working out. I emailed him uh, and he was like, well, you had some medical issues going on, but here's the step to take and we'll be able to switch you over. So I was like, all right, hell yeah. I didn't say, I didn't email that to him, but I was like, hell no. yeah, I'm in started doing you know started checking things off the box checking boxes off of the piece you know and uh got down to the day before graduation which is after graduation it's done if you get surface warfare you're gonna be a surface warfare officer if you get explosive ordnance you're gonna be diffusing bombs and welding underwater for the rest of your life uh the day before graduation i was in the truck in my truck on the way to a uh, Baltimore Orioles game. I was wearing, I was wearing, uh, let's see if we got them in here. I don't, but uh, I was wearing salmon shorts, flip flops, and a uh, Martin Trucks Jr. shirt. And uh, I got a call from, uh, 
another lieutenant colonel who is, I guess he took the role of the last lieutenant colonel that I emailed. He took that role. He calls me. He goes, hey, be in my office in, a, in half an hour. I got a paper for you to sign. It's your air contract. I was like, whoa. I was going south. I had to go north. So I flipped a U-turn, drove back, showed up into the colonel or lieutenant colonel's office in flip-flops, walked in there. Sir, sorry. I'm dressed like an idiot right now. I get that. Uh, and he goes, don't worry about it. Here's a pen. And uh, ended up graduating as a Marine Corps aviator. And, uh, that means I'm now in Pensacola and now learning how to hopefully fly one of those insane airframes one day. Send that email. Make that phone call. Send that text. You never, ever know. The worst they could say is no. Worst they could say is no. And then guess what? You're still in your salmon pants driving to the Baltimore Orioles game. Oh, I, ended up, I ended up making it third in it. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Um, that was awesome. What an awesome graduation that was. We went and we watched Top Gun uh, in the movie theaters with that Grandpa. Weekend. With Grant, with Grandpa. That's right. What do, an they, awesome. do, do, do your fans know about Grandpa? Not really well. All right. So Grandpa, he was a uh, he was a Korean War vet. He was an Air Force guy, but uh, he was an Air Force guy. So. Uh, Growing up as as a kid, I was sort of trying to pick his brain about what being in the military is like. But, um, you know, Korea was a long time ago. He was a staff sergeant back then, so now he's pretty old, right? So he probably hadn't seen a movie in a theater since, damn. It must have been, yeah, it must have been Since 20, Mary Poppins. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, but, uh, we went to go see Top Gun Maverick. In IMAX. <laughs> yeah. And we were sitting by three rows from the front row. Yeah. And I remember when they did that one scene where they were training and uh and uh Pete Mitchell, aka Maverick, was shooting down everybody. I just remember seeing him sitting in his chair just like <laughs> he probably never imagined. Anything no. like that, and could, I know he didn't imagine anything like that because no. that was one of the craziest movies I've seen in theaters. That's right, <laughs> and I'm That's 25. Right. Um, no, that was such an awesome weekend, man. Um, that was such an awesome weekend and a really, really cool story. I know, uh, proud of you for sending that email. Um, so rapid fire here, Ed, we'll ask him back to back. We'll just, we'll just flip around because I know everybody's gonna weigh in here. So, Jackson. I need your route Mount Rushmore of beer. I thought we were talking about Army Navy, dude. It's over now. We just talked about it. Now we're just gonna talk about world, 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 world issues. How about Ed goes first? He hasn't talked in a while. Miller Light. Which That's I mean I I know that I just stole Jackson's number one too. No, you didn't. So. Uh, Jackson's Jackson Jackson's got a lot of uh, you know. No, he he's going to give his own. We're not we're not drafting him. These oh. are just yeah. These are just your oh. Mount Rushmore. Oh okay. Miller Lite, uh, lunch by Maine Beer Co. Shout out to Sam Jesse, um, Land Shark, and let's see. This is tough. Morecambe's tough. Uh, I'll go Lion and Kugel Summer Shandy. Mm, 
Mine and Kugel Shun and Shandy's good stuff. My good favorite work. all-time beer of all time is Blood Orange IPA. Um, fantastic. I, I think a lot of me falling in love with it was, was the first beer I had. Getting off a plane with Pongo and Mike Santa Maria. In San- Mike Santa Maria listens to all these podcasts at 2 o'clock in the morning working for J.P. Morgan. So shout out to you. Go to sleep soon if you're listening. Um, that's fantastic. Miller Lite is my go-to on game day. I love Miller Lite. Sam Adams Cold Snap coming in That's at number three. It's a fantastic beer. And number four, like I don't drink it a lot, but when I drink it, it's awesome. And I I, I, I think I should drink it more every time I drink it, but I love that I don't have it too often. I love Guinness. Like I, I, I adore Guinness. Guinness with fish and chips, fantastic. Um, that that's my top four. Jax. They gotta be in order. Sure. No, I'm not doing them in order. Okay, so why'd you ask? Because I wanted to make sure I wouldn't step on our toes. But you Sorry. were gonna step on the toes anyway, so you're damn right. All right, so one of them I'm up there, cruise banquet. All right. In the stubby bottle. Oh, yellow Not jacket. Stubby bottle. But uh I say Cruise Banquet's really good. Cruise? Uh, I, I, remember, I remember the first time I had Cruise Banquet. It was my buddy Eric Johnston, who is PDF commentator, who did ask that question. Mm-hmm. I think we were probably fishing. And um, he pulls out this stubby bottle. I was like, I ain't never seen that before. Hand me one. I was good. So every time I have one of these, it's good memories. And they taste good. Um, number two, people are going to hate this. Budweiser. They're back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. They're back. All right. I don't care anymore. I'm tired of it. I got it out of my system. They're back. <laughs> all right. Whoever um, Odin Hokey and whoever the other guy that was talking all that talking all that noise about you. They're me coming at me and you, but I don't care. I'll come back at them. I only got a couple followers, but you know. He made Say something to me. I don't know. I'll be at the military bowl. So, Fine. Uh, all right. So we got Cruz Light. We got Bud. Wait, Weiser. you're coming to the military bowl? You're going? I'll be out here. Bet. All right. Try. Okay. I'll do my best. <laughs> I um, now need to find you a ticket. Okay. Cruz Light, Budweiser. We got Cruz or Cruz Banquet. We got Budweiser. We got Cruz Light, and then we probably got Hill. I might go, uh, damn. Oh. Probably Modelo. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like International flair. I like that. Well, never mind. that's good. That's the list. That's the list. Ah. Dinner with four people, dead or alive? Eddie. Oh. Teddy Roosevelt. That's been- one. No, I said Eddie. No, go he first. said me. Well, are you talking to no, me? No, 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 Jax. This is not how. Jax, this you is, want me to go this first? is for you. This is your no, yeah, number one. Teddy Roosevelt. For you. Teddy Roosevelt, number one. Great White Fleet National Park System. I think is the best president we've ever had. Teddy Roosevelt, number one. Number two, probably uh, Dwayne Allman. Okay. Slide guitar player. Uh, died in a motorcycle accident. Tragic. Yeah, I think. R.I.P. It was either seventy or sixty nine, but uh, in the in his short his short discography, one of the greatest guitar players of all time. 
Um, I'd probably go uh, Leonidas. He's up there. Like the dude from 300? Well, yes, the Spartan king who died at the Battle of Thermopylae, yes. Would you give him some clothes? Would you lend him your salmon shorts? I don't think he would want it. We got Teddy Roosevelt, Dwayne Allman, Leonidas. Uh, hell, I might go. Um, general Lejeune. Okay. He's a Marine okay. Corps general. Uh, and, uh, one thing about General you, Lejeune, he was the first, no, I don't know if he was the first, but he was one of the few generals who looked at the Marine Corps as a family. Staff mm-hmm. NCOs, junior NCOs, junior enlisted officers, commission officers, and the, and the like. He looked at everybody as a family, mm-hmm. and I appreciated that. There's, um, actually, there's, there's a letter Lejeune wrote to the Marine Corps when he was the commandant. I gotta find it and I'll t- I'll tweet it out and okay. I'll give it to you guys. But it's gr- it's really good. I think everybody should read it. So, um, you get framed for a ridiculous crime. Okay, you get framed for murder. You get framed for something terrible, and they sentence you to, to death. You are getting that lethal injection, and they say Jackson. Uh, you get to choose your final meal before before that before they put you down. What is your final meal? Who was the victim? How how does that have literally anything to do with the answer? Who was the victim? I don't know. An innocent bystander. Okay, I'd say. Uh, did I do it? No. I'm running for the hills, bro. The question is, what would your final meal be if you could choose your final meal? I wouldn't even get to the final meal. But, or I'd fight it in court. Okay. Let's say you, you lost. lost court. I lost? Yes. My final meal? Yeah. Glad we finally arrived here. Glass of water. Come on, man. <laughs> you ain't having no steak, no grilled cheese. I don't want to waste it. Wow. That's one that's one way to look at it. What is the biggest animal that you could fight and win against? Oh, this question. Uh, are we talking about biggest or deadliest or like scariest? Let's do both. Let's do scary and let's do biggest. All right, so biggest. Um, we're talking about a single, not a pack, right? No, we, we're not going to make you fight a pack of elephants. I think I could fight a wolf. Um, all all you got to do is you got to make sure you know if they bite your arm. This is my theory. If they bite your arm, that's fine. You're gonna lose that arm anyway. You might as well start gouging its eyes out. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> if you're gonna fight a cheetah, I mean cheetahs cheetah. have the small cheetahs have the smallest bite force out of all, all the big cats. Okay. Um, the one thing you got to worry about is the claws. That'd be yeah. tough. You'd have to get, uh, you'd have to get their back. Yeah. Or, I mean, they're not big. They're like 60, 70 pounds. That's like an average cheetah. Jax, it's a cheetah. Yeah. They run really fast. You're losing. They're running to me. I don't got to worry about the speed. 
So, Jax, your Wi-Fi cut you out. That, you got that Pensacola Wi-Fi, bro. Yeah. Your Wi-Fi cut out when you were in the middle of saying that you, you First would of all, be- I live in Milton, Florida. I'm a coach, <laughs> offensive line coach at Milton High School. We won our homecoming game. All right. You said you would be you would beat a cheetah. You feel confident in that? It depends on the arena. If it's no. me and a cheetah in this closet, I'm beating that ass. Okay. But if why? it's me and a cheetah in open field, they might win. Why why would you win in a closet? Because they're they're fast, but they're not small enough to maneuver around a room like I can. Okay. They'd be bumping into stuff, knocking things down. I'd pick something up, hit him in the head real hard. Um, now, a wolf, you, like I said, you just got to let them get a hold of your arm with their with their mouth. Claws ain't going to do much. They might scratch you a little bit, but then you just hit him in the head real hard and try and pull one of their eyes out. Damn. Grit. Um, Grit. What are, big, what are the big animals that I think they can fight? Uh, I mean, Hugh Glass – Beat a grizzly bear. Yeah. I don't think that was a, a top of the line. It must have been a dumb grizzly bear. What do you think? They're taking SATs? I I, I don't. Jackson, <laughs> <laughs> you're not beating up a grizzly bear. You glassed it. And he what was like it? 40. So, And he just had a musket and a knife. And the musket didn't work. He so didn't even have the musket. He didn't beat the grizzly bear. He played dead. He the killed the left. grizzly bear. The grizzly bear ended up dead. And he got back. So to recap, you are beating a cheetah and a wolf and a grizzly bear. It depends on the grizzly bear and it depends what I got. You got these. I got these? Yeah. I'm done. Oh, okay. Yeah. Grizzly bear's got these. <laughs> yeah. I just got these. Grizzly bear's got these, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's winning that. Give me, give me something sharp. It might be a different story, uh huh. Or something that so, would go boom. So what's the so what's the biggest animal you're winning? I don't know. Wolf. What's bigger, a gray wolf or a cheetah? Wolf. I I think you're taking L's in both of those, bro. I love you, but like, dude, if on, I man. die fighting, that's not an L. It that is quite literally an L. No, you not. would be dead. No, it's not. If I die fighting, it's not an L. Okay. That's one way to look at it. Um, <clears throat> what is the best part of being a homeowner versus the worst part of being a homeowner? Okay, worst part, price. Costs a lot of money. You could be paying rent. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Um, I don't know, dude. I don't think about that. I just I, I go to sleep and I wake up and I go to work and I come back. Go to sleep. I got cats. They hang out. Um, it's, it's my house. Do whatever the hell I want. I got a smoker in the front yard. Mm-hmm. Um, front yard. I don't have an HOA. That's I'll tight. tell you what. The day they decide to put an HOA here, I'm going to be out there with a the picket sign. No HOA. Clever. <laughs> I was about to say something, but you were going to cut it out. <laughs> Clever. Uh, <laughs> You know what I was going to say, too. I actually don't. You can tell me later. Um, so walk me through your walk me through your cat naming thing. So you have ha- – first of all, how did you get the cats? You want me to go get them? No. I just want you to tell me how you got 
the cat and how you Mary. ended up with cats. All right. So Mary, she was a stray. She was out there alone and unafraid. Um, I was watching Shane Gillis, Beautiful Dogs on Netflix. Uh, I was sitting on my couch. My roommate saw that there was a cat at the back door. He said, hey, man, there's a cat outside. I was like, no shit. Uh, I always had it in my mind. If there was a cat outside, I was going to take it in and try and find a home for it. Um, turns out the cat found its own home. Took it in. It was Mary. We named her Mary. Why did you name her Mary? I like Jimi Hendrix. Um, there's a song that Jimi Hendrix made called The Wind Cries Mary. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I sort of thought that it was cool. Why not? Mary, Mary sort of stumbled on my doorstep, almost right. like the wind put her there. But uh, named her Mary, uh, took her in, found out she was pregnant. Um, Damn. She gave birth. I think it was November 4th. No, it was September 4th. Um, gave birth to four beautiful kittens. Uh, gave one away. Somebody asked me to promise them that I give them a cat. So I gave them a cat. And uh, I had, so therefore I had three kittens that I had my name. Uh, one was Dwayne. Dwayne is a big orange cat. And uh, for those who know who Dwayne Allman is, Dwayne Allman had like sort of reddish blonde hair. So there you go, Dwayne. Uh, the other one is Eddie. He's all white. Um, for those who know, Eddie Van Halen was kind of a wild boy with the guitar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was insanely talented and insanely, he thought outside the box. Eddie's just a damn, or this Eddie, the cat, is just a damn knucklehead. We'll be jumping all over the house. So that's Eddie. And then the there's another one. Her name's Loretta. That's going to my beautiful girlfriend, Julia. Um, why Julia, why is it named Loretta? Loretta. That was Julia's idea. Um I guess after Loretta Lynn, uh, you know, the country music singer. Mm-hmm. Wait, what did you just hold up? Nothing. Cruz Banquet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next question. If you weren't in the Marines, what would you be doing? Uh, hell, underwater welders make a lot of money. Underwater welding. Yep. Um, if I wasn't in the Marines, what would I be doing? Could be a podcaster. I don't know, man. Can't imagine anything else I'd be doing. I think, uh, I think I'm in the perfect spot. So now we're moving into current events and pop culture with JLM. This is going to be open discussion. We're going to talk about some of the current events and what's going on in the country. Um, so I want your opinion on Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Good for them. I hope they get married and have beautiful children and raise them to, you know, love America and love football. I think Travis Kelsey is a good person. I think Taylor Swift is probably a good person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Next question. We're going to talk about country music. I want to ask you, because I have my answer. For you, what was the golden era of country music? 70s. I see, I go 80s. 
70s. I think the 70s was the golden era of music, period. Why? Well, you had had the Almond Brothers. You had Skinner. You had the Rolling Stones. You had Guns N' Roses in the late 70s. You had... um, you had Fleetwood Mac, who you love. Uh, you Fleetwood had... Mac was definitely the 80s. Okay, fine. I didn't know that. Sorry, I don't listen to Fleetwood Mac. Hold on. But um, When did rumors come out? You can keep going. Uh, I would say the 70s is the golden era of music. It was before it got digitalized. It was still analog. Um, the... Jack, you were right. Rumors came out in 1977. Well done. Imagine that. Um, the talent was just off the charts back then. Yeah, guys like Waylon Jennings, Johnny Cash, Merle Haggard, you know, for those who know, those are the highwaymen. You had the outlaws. You had, uh, you had, down. You had all, all the guys who built the foundation for the George Straits, for the Kennedy Chesneys, for the Alan Jacksons. People who made the foundation for that, who created country music, those guys. So the next question, I'm going to ask Ed and Jackson this question. Ed, we'll start with you. Who is the best out right now in country music? Who is the best? Who is setting the bar? I think uh, this is a tough one. My one A and one B. There's my one A. For going on six, seven years now, has been Luke Combs. He's still my one A. That's my guy. Uh, I will go see him anywhere I can, whenever I can. Um, never fails to disappoint. But the closest thing I've had to him in terms of my like obsession, like won't listen to anybody else for the most part, is Zach Bryan. The last like two, three years. Um, so. I, I like to think I was on both of those guys kind of early, but they're, I mean, they are the two biggest, right? I mean, I guess you can throw Morgan Wallen in there too. He's pretty big. I'm not going to knock Morgan Wallen, but um, he was opening for Luke Combs like two years ago. So um, I, I'll go Zach Bryan and, and Luke Combs and Morgan Wallen are kind of all equal, but in reality, it's probably more Luke Combs and Morgan Wallen are equal and Zach Bryan's off time in a different little, Different little niche. Um, but Luke Combs is, is my goat for sure. Jack? Yeah. All right. So I got a bunch, dude. <laughs> okay. I know I said there's only two, and it's obvious, but then I thought about it as he was talking. All right. So if I had to pick my number one, it's Sturgill Simpson. Talented musician, fan, phenomenal writer. Yeah, he hasn't been writing a whole lot. Everything that dude writes is gold. Okay, you look at guys like I'm not going to do the whole competition. Never mind. But everything he writes, you know, he's he's 95 percent from from the field. Mm-hmm. All right, number two, Stapleton. Duh. Do I need to say anything else? Um, and then from there. Something I want somebody I want to shout out, okay, because they're from Virginia, okay, and I don't know if many of your fans know him. Oh, oh I know where you're. I know where he's going. Low Water Bridge Band. Yeah, talk right. about it. 
lead singer, I believe, is a veteran, and I believe he flew helicopters. They're good people. They make good. They make damn good music. All right. I think they just dropped a new album. I don't think. I know they did. But they're damn good. All right. They won't get the shine that the other guys get because they don't do all the other, you know, they don't do all the media that the other guys do. But they're freaking good. And everybody on this podcast needs to listen to them. All right. And I've been talking to if somebody if somebody's listening, what's a what's a good song? Give them like a like you want to listen to one song, give them Two Stone to Care. Two Stone to Care. Yeah, that's, that's the one that got me hooked. Or home, or home. Who did, who did you think they were gonna say, Ed? Because literally cause... a song, literally a song about Virginia, dude. Sing about home. He's I thought you were gonna Virginia. say Forty Nine Winchester. Love me, Forty Nine Winchester. Great. Uh, oh, Whiskey Myers, they're up there. Um, hell, Dope. Jamie Johnson. I know he's kind of old. When are you gonna say Luke Combs? I don't think he's he's not on my list. For country that means music? you haven't seen him. That means you haven't seen him live. For country music, means. yeah. For country music, yeah. Just to you know, you know. All right, fine. I don't think he's on that list. I've seen Jamie Johnson live. I've seen Whiskey Myers live. <laughs> Whiskey Myers they, is legit. Yeah, they they are legit. And Whiskey Myers ain't even country music. They're Southern rock. Agreed. Right, but hell, if anybody's say if anybody's doing anything but whiskey myers hell cody johnson's on that list very good but i mean sturgill is amazing everybody probably knows everybody who knows sturgill simpson probably knows three songs all right Turtle. find other songs because every one of his songs is fantastic who do you think is the most overrated country singer right now? Overrated? Yes. I'm not gonna say that. You gotta say it. I'm not gonna say that because I don't. A, I don't listen to radio, and B, if I were gonna say who it is, it would probably get mad at me. That's fine. He's gonna say, he's gonna say Zach Bryan. No, it's Morgan Wall. Oh, I see. I'm okay with that. I, I actually that. completely. I actually completely agree with you. Now, yeah, I think over, that's totally valid. Like, totally over, like valid. Here, here's the, let, let's dissect this for a second. I enjoy we'll the dissect. I enjoy. He ain't that music. good. I, all, right. all right. I enjoy his music. We are talking about this dude like he hung the moon. Yeah, his, his music's solid. He's probably a really fun go show to go see. Mm-hmm. I am seeing probably about fifteen artists before I see him. Ain't no. Uh... If I could pick artists to see before him, hell, number one, Sturgill, Childers, uh, Whiskey Myers, 49 Winchester, hell, Low Water Bridge Band. Hell, he's not even my favorite Morgan. Give me Morgan Wade over Morgan Wallen. Nah, give me uh, that. Give me, well, he's dead, so don't give me him. R.I.P. Can't. I don't even know who you're talking about. Waylon Jennings. R.I.P. Um. Yeah, there's a lot of people I'd see before Morgan Wallen. Cody Johnson's one of them, and I think they're sort of in the especially, same right. They're sort of in the same right. Those ticket prices, especially at those ticket prices. Yeah, dude, country music's the hell we charging three hundred dollars a ticket for. All right, well, if the demand is there, Jack, sing if about Jack. If you're Jax, a country Jax. music singer, sing about the blue collar guy who ain't making that kind of money. 
So you're telling me if you could charge $300 a ticket, you're still charging 150 I like what Kid Rock did. What did he do? He came out and he said, hey, no ticket. That's in general admission will be any more than $40. That's his deal? I didn't know that. That was his deal way back in the day. What? Well, it may have changed with his fame. I don't know yet. I don't know. I, do I think Kid Rock's fame has gone a little down. All right. <laughs> back when he made Cowboy. Like that was as good as it gets, dude. Yeah. I want to be a cowboy, baby. <laughs> that song? That's. So, pop country. We're talking about some of the music that Luke Bryan makes. Maybe some of the music that Morgan Wallen makes. Um, I personally, we'll actually talk about this later. But what is your overall opinion on the popification of country music? What do you mean? It's gone the other way, though. Yeah, I feel like people are faking accents now. What do you mean? No, like but I feel like it was really bad. As another cat climbs on the hanging suit. What um, do you mean the popification of country music? Like bro you know country. Talking You're talking about bro country. Bro country. Yeah. That was a thing. Like, like Kane Brown. The, Kane Brown. Florida. I kind of like. I kind of like. I kind of like some of Kane Brown. Yeah, you, 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 Lady Wilson. <laughs> I no, mean, lady, the bros do lady, like lady, lady Wilson. Lady Wilson. Lady Wilson is fine. She can the keep bro, doing. The bros do also think she's fine. Lady nah, the, Lady uh, Wilson the, can do what she likes. The bro country thing was like FGL and all those types. But I, I parked like swung, my truck out up. by the river. I bit yeah, a nah, big bone fire with my friends. Like, come on. Come on. You want to know my that, favorite though. bro I feel like now it's like, it's like Zach Bryan. It's Cody Johnson. It's uh, Noah Khan, who's not really country. But like, oh, it's yeah, strong. Throw Noah Khan in there, bro. Noah Khan is van life. Van life. That's BRM cross country bill music. That ain't country. Ain't country. Ed, I got a question for you. Huh? You remember that song way back in the day? We all got a hillbilly bone down deep inside. You remember? Sing the song? it louder. Yes, yeah, hillbilly it, bone. Yeah. Is that bro country? Uh, I don't know. That's one of my favorite country songs of all time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think that's bro country. I think it's just like I I love that song. Mm-hmm. Some of them are good. I mean, like that song Blake Shelton. Oh, who all who else is great now? Well, he's kind of old now. I was gonna say, damn, Trace Atkins. Dude, Trace Ad- you were about to say Trace Atkins in the 2020s in the same sentence. I'd go see him over Morgan Wall. I'm not saying you wouldn't go if Beethoven was alive. I'd go see him, but he isn't a you. He isn't like a he isn't like a staple of the 2020s. This this has gone from this has gone from a podcast to just Ed, Billy Ray, and Jackson talking. <laughs> Good, we're just kicking it, dude. Hey guys, this is Ali Jennings the third wide receiver for your Virginia Tech Hokies. When I committed to Virginia Tech football, I committed to the best. That's why I chose Harvey's GM in Radford. Why settle for less when you can have the best? Go to Harvey's GM for all of your vehicle needs. Tell them Ali sent you. That's Harvey's GM, Tyler Ave in Radford. Or go to their website at harveysgm.com for more info. Um, 
So, okay, you, you're not going to give me a real answer on Pop Country. Question from Ben Herbstreet, a.k.a. Steve Shanley. <laughs> Almond Brothers or Brother Osborne? Almond Brothers. Next Do you question. like Brothers Osborne, though? Yes, they're from Maryland. Same state as my college, my alma mater. Shout out, Deal, shout out to Deal, Maryland. We should get back to Army Navy because you brought up Brothers Osborne. Brothers Osborne is from Maryland. Navy is in Maryland. Navy so therefore, is Army this week. So therefore, they're awesome. They're great. Yeah, they ain't no damn Almond Brothers. <laughs> so I will admit know, that too. You do know Coach Pry, big Almond Brothers guy. Man, big Almond Brothers guy. I got a better library than Pry. I bet you got a better what? Library. Ooh, give me, know, give me. I know stuff he don't know about. Okay, give me, give me your top three underground. No, I want to give it to him because then he'll hear me say it on the podcast and like, and he'll check it out. Like, damn, I don't know that. And I'll look on his phone, pull it up on Spotify, and then if ever I get to meet the dude, he'll be like, yeah, I know that. What are the songs? <laughs> no, it's Statesboro Blues. That's what on version? four, four different albums. Yeah, but which one's the best one? I'll tell him that. <laughs> so, you're, you're, so when you meet him first time, it's what's the best version of Statesboro Blues? I'd love to meet him. I think uh, I'll buy him a beer, cook yes. him a dinner. Yes, but what I'm saying is your number one mission is to find out which version of the Statesboro Blues is the best one. No, my number one mission is to tell him my favorite <laughs> version. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Zach Bryan versus Luke Combs. Luke Combs. So you are you just a are you just a Zach Bryan seller? Hey, roll nears, baby. I'm an App State fan. Right. So, but what I'm asking you is, you don't like Zach Bryan? I'll take Luke Combs over Zach Bryan every day of the week. Right. But I'm asking you, do you? That's not surprising. Like that is surprising because Zach Bryan. You know what team he's cheering for this weekend. That's one of your boys. That's a Navy guy. He ain't no damn Navy guy. <laughs> literally Why not? in the Navy. <laughs> Did he say he's cheering for Navy? I, I, I haven't asked him. I will he probably try. doesn't care. I think he cares. But, I uh, think he probably no, cares. I'm going I'm, – and I'm not a Navy guy. I'm a Marine Corps guy. Oh, my God. But, no, I'm going <laughs> Luke Combs. Okay. Top oh, three Luke Combs songs. Top, Top three, three Luke Combs songs on the other line. When it rains, it pours. If you don't say where it. the wild things are, I'm going to be upset. That's probably four. That song is about us, bro. And Beer Never Broke My Heart is number three. I got to tell you, I'm kind of a seller on Beer Never Broke My Heart. Wrong. Ed, what are your Ed? What are your top Ed? What are your top three Luke Combs songs? Uh, man, it's I mean, like the recent stuff. Like, yeah, you just said a great one. Um, let me let me pull this up real quick. Hold on. I will say that his version of of Fast Car has actually fallen in my power rankings. I'm gonna go with. I mean, elite, but at the same time, it's like it shouldn't have won like Song of the Year at the CMAs. No. Um, I'm I'm a big I think this one's for you is an amazing song. I think um let's see what else do I like? Even though I'm I really leaving like 
Even though I'm leaving's a great song. I'm very high on You Found Yours off the new album. And Fire. then um I will give you reasons. I really like reasons. So That's I'm gonna go with um Where the Wild Things Are. Ed saw it, cried like a baby uh when he played that at his uh at his concert. I'm a big like where did you hear it the first time that you heard the song? Moon Ever Mexico. It's not one of his better songs, but it was the first song. it was the first Luke Combs songs that I ever heard and it was just it was just awesome. Um and then it's probably a tie between You Found Yours and uh Going Going Gone. Uh it's tough it's tough to give up that third slot. Um but he he is incredible. Um APR. Yeah. You should throw out a poll or uh Instagram post where you fill it in, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ask ask who is your fan's favorite country artist? Okay. I can do that. Because I want to know. I just want to know. Uh, okay. I'm interested. So Jack, me? next question Got for it. you. Um Virginia Tech athletes. So I understand you're not like a Virginia Tech like super fan. Um, but you do watch, you do follow a little bit. I um, the players and the coach. Of course. So who are some of your favorite players uh currently right now? Any sport. Uh drones. I think uh I think the fact that drones came up out of nowhere um sort of turned the team's momentum around. You know, it's kind of hard to step into that quarterback spot and you know you know sort of change that change what people i.e. the fan base change what they think about the team. And that's what Kyron Drone, you know, what drones did. I don't know mm-hmm. how the hell he did it. But, I mean, he's obviously an athlete. He's obviously a good athlete. He obviously believes in himself, which is a good thing because, you know, to take a starting job, when did he do it? Week six? Week five? Four or five. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to do that, to to take that starting job so late and change the dynamic of the team and the fan reception of the team. That's impressive. Um, And it's not just him. I mean, it's definitely a lot has to do with him because he had to earn the respect of his O-line first and then his running back second and his receivers third, right? He earned the respect of the O-line. And as a former O-line, I know – or as a former O-lineman, I know how hard we can be on quarterbacks, especially new ones, all right? Mm-hmm. And he stepped into that role, and um, the team found success. I'm not saying it's 100% him. You know, it's a team effort at the end of the day. But team will not succeed if they don't believe in one part of the team. They believed mm-hmm. in him. He was the only new part of that team, which means he, if somebody was not going to believe in somebody, they weren't going to believe in drones, mm-hmm. okay? So credit to him. He stepped into that role and he, you know, he worked his balls off to earn that spot and he got it and he delivered. Good on him. 
what do you want a bunch of hockey athletes? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Just, shit? just what is your understanding of Virginia Tech athletics right now? That wrestler y'all got's a badass. Or <laughs> you used to have. You used to have. Makai Lo- Makai Lewis, bro. Lewis, right? Yeah, Lewis from, from Jersey, dog. Yeah, that dude. What's his plans yeah. after college wrestling? Probably slam people wrestling. on their face in the Olympics. He's going to the Olympics. I mean, I would assume so. Guy's a savage, dude. Oh, I I would hell. I don't know if he wants to do this. This is a life that kind of sucks, from my understanding. I'm. I would love to see that dude. You know what? What's his weight class? He's about buck sixty-five, right? No idea. What's his weight class, Ed? I can Google it. I think he's about. He's still wrestling in college. He's still. Yeah, he's still in college. I know. He's right? one sixty-five. You nailed it. One sixty-five. Yeah. One seventy-four. Sure. Dude, and Bo, and Bo Nickel wrestled at one seventy-four, right? Sure. I think so. That guy's a freak too. Yeah, from Penn State. Yeah, dude. Hey, if Bo Nickel can do it, Lewis can do it, man. I'll tell you and what. I, I'm a I'm a huge UFC fan. I would love to see that dude in the in the UFC, and uh, I love what Bo Nickel's doing. I think it's great. He's uh, <laughs> it's kind of cool. Bo Nickel. I gotta say, I gotta say. Okay, my bad. Bo Nickel, whenever he fights, you know, I think he he fought some uh, one fight contract guy in his last fight, but every time he fights, Bruce Buffer announced Bo Nickel fighting out of. Penn State. Tough. That's that cool. cool. I think it'd be so damn cool to hear somebody say fighting out of Virginia Tech or fighting out of Camp Pendleton or Camp Lejeune. That'd be Ed, awesome. Ed, how tight would that be? That'd be sick. Ru- and Ruth I'll tell you what. Buffer saying Makai Lewis fighting out of Virginia Tech, I would freak out. And Bo Nickel, Bo Nickel in wrestling was a badass. He was a damn – he was a national championship champion. My understanding is Lewis is also a damn – he's badass. He is a badass. Correct. If he could develop his striking. Who else you got? What other Virginia Tech athletes? Well, hold, well, hold on, Ed. If you do type in Bo Nickel, he kind of looks like Tyler Nickel. Now, is it because they're both white and have orange hair? Maybe. Maybe. Bo Nickel. Uh, they do kind of look alike. It's good. Jax, what else? What else Ooh. what? More Virginia Tech student-athletes. Well, one of my favorite all-timers is Wyatt Teller. All right, so Jackson, wrapping up this podcast, we have the Military Bowl coming up, Virginia Tech versus Tulane. It's in Annapolis. It is the Military Bowl. For all of the Virginia Tech people headed down to Annapolis, what is on the must-do list? What bars do we need to go to? What places do we need to see? Tell me, give me a little scout. Give me a little scout of Annapolis. Now you say you're going to the game. It's gonna be me, you, and Pops. We're all going. Give me the advanced scout on Annapolis. All right. So if you're downtown, Acme. What do you call it? What do you call it? Acme. What do you What do you call it though? It's the Acme. No, it's the me. No, I don't. I've never called it. That's what I call it. It's the me. It's the acne. 
Uh, I boycotted Acme for a little bit. We ain't going to get into all that, but they're back. You boycotted it. They're back. Um, back, like Budweiser, back. Yeah, the Acme. Uh, Ram's Head is good. I appreciate Ram's Head. Um, some people like Fed House, Federal House. Uh, Pussers. Pussers is closing, I think, next year. And Pussers, Pussers? is... It's a staple. And Wait, Pussers is closing? Yeah, it is. I didn't Why? know that. Jax, you know Substation is closing in Blacksburg? Never heard of it. Well, it's wow, awesome. Wow, it is closing. Yeah, Pussers. Um, That's horrible. Heroes, dude. The day Who's after the c- game, Heroes. Who's your cigar guy? Who? Your cigar guy. Hell, that place is kind of rotating, but it's uh it's on West or on Main Street. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but I've bought many cigars from him. Oh, I, I here is my question, Jackson. If you were running for public office, president, mayor, council, whatever, what are you running on? What do you mean? What is your platform? I think there's too many platforms to to put it into one. Yeah, but what is your one that you're touting? Freedom. Okay, that's great. What What is your platform? I'm going to make the DMV line shorter. I'm going to make jury duty on Zoom. Like what is your what is your? Well, I wouldn't make jury duty on Zoom. Okay. Personally, I wouldn't do that. Okay. Why? Why would you do that? You brought it up. I, would I wouldn't. I was just. I was. I was. I, I mean, I, I. I. You know, I've been summoned to jury duty once. We ain't gonna get into the details, but Mama Mitchell somehow got me out of it. I Shout out. A responsibility. Yeah. Well, we figured out a way. Uh, I wasn't living in uh, where my driver's license said I was, and I couldn't make it. So we ain't going to get into all that. We ain't going to get into all that. Jackson, it has been an honor. It has been a pleasure to have you on this podcast. Do you want to leave with these these Virginia Tech fans any final message, any encouraging words as we close out 2023 and head into 2024? Go Army, be Navy. Cheers, brother. We'll have you on again soon. Semper Fidel. It's time to wander, tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand. But I saw you dance like you want to in my head. And all that she said is, what you're thinking Please don't go to slice again Trash my friend's place Wake up the next day And do it again And all that she said is And all that she said is Enough to reach out to you And say